This is the Oanda Podcast. This is the Oanda Market Insights Podcast, where we preview and review all the week's business and market stories with Oanda senior market analysts from around the world. And today it is Ed Moyer in New York. Good afternoon from London, Ed. How are you doing? And a happy belated birthday, Mr. Hart. Well, listen, you forgot the actual day, but I'll forgive you. Two days late, but never mind. Wednesday was a big day for everyone because it was not only my birthday. We had all these positive vibes coming out of the Federal Reserve on Wednesday. The central bank remaining optimistic about the rebound in U.S. economic activity. They've described the most adversely affected industries as having shown improvement. However, there is a warning, though, that higher inflation could come as a result of the base effects of measuring year-on-year changes in addition to some supply chain constraints. So it was a mixed picture, wasn't it, from Jay Powell et al.? Yeah, Powell stayed the course, and and it was really a meeting that they really just wanted to just not trigger any taper tantrums, and they just wanted to make sure that uh, investors knew that, obviously, they're going to address the uh, the sudden rise in in pricing pressures. But I think the the key comment for me uh, from Fed Chair Powell was that... uh, He noted that what's been achieved is not close to substantial further progress that is needed for tapering. So so I think you're going to see that Powell is uh, reaffirming that view that there there still needs to be this, you know, tremendous wave of of stimulus, which is, you know, bucking the trend that we, we saw from Canada. I think everyone knows um, uh, the other major central banks are much closer to tapering than the Fed is. Um, you know, Fed Chair Powell, he's, he's crippled downing on his bet that inflation will be transitory. And it, it's, it's going to make these next few months of uh, inflation readings a lot more, I think, sensitive to the, to the, to the market's uh, belief of whether or not, you know, the, the Fed is possibly uh, making a policy mistake here. I think that uh, when you you take a look at how strong this economic recovery has been and just some of the the, the momentum, I think you, you're, you're probably in a position where the Fed should be considering, you know, a careful but gradual retreat of some of this stimulus. So, so I think, you know, the Fed is going to have to focus also um, on the long term and uh, just keeping, you know, the $120 billion uh, monthly of asset purchases going strong is 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 going to have some effects on the longer term side and and you know they might not be able to pull off a normalization to policy if they kind of do the taper a little bit too late so so I think everyone is going to be focused on you know these next couple of, of months of very high um, and inflation reports and uh, I, I think you're you're going to start to see that. Uh, that's going to really, I think, uh, test the Fed. So I think today we, we heard from Kaplan, who, who kind of, uh, we have to remember Kaplan's a hawk and uh, Kaplan's, uh, you know, um, hawkish comments on tapering will, you know, should not be a surprise, but I think you're, you might start to see some dissent here from other policy members. And that should, I think, really open the door for an expectation that, uh, come the June FOMC or possibly at Jackson Hole in August, they will begin that taper discussion. Because right now the Fed 
you know, they've, they've kind of, they're still sticking to that belief that they're still not even thinking about thinking about tapering. So it, it's, uh, it's, uh, it was a, a job well done. If you were just looking to, uh, punt this decision, uh, into, uh, June and, uh, not give really any strong hints. So I think investors took that. And when you take a look at the price action, um, for the most part, uh, you know, this week, you know, uh, U.S. stocks, you know, we, we did have a kind of a, you know, fresh record highs, but, you know, we're settling, you know, it's somewhat close to flat on the week. So, um, you know, there's a, I think there's this belief that a lot of people might be uh, starting to uh, sell before May and uh, just kind of, you know, wait to ride out and wait for that next, that next uh, major pullback, which, you know, typically a lot of people were expecting a taper tantrum at some point this summer. And we've seen the latest GDP data coming through, obviously fueled by that massive amount of uh, fiscal stimulus, and that's led to more consumer spending, as well as uh, looser lockdown restrictions and outputs close to pre-pandemic levels, Ed. The economy growing at an annualised rate of 6.4% in the quarter. So totally unsurprising considering the stimulus. Very much so. And I think we, we have to also remember uh, the... the the U.S. economy, we, you know, for the most part, Biden pretty much doubled uh, his his pledge on vaccinations. Um, the the U.S. Uh, total population is 30% fully vaccinated. Uh, just over 43% have had their first dose. Uh, my wife getting her second dose just this morning, uh, and uh, there is so much. Uh, momentum here. And, and I think what we have to remember, uh, so if roughly 30% of the population is, uh, you know, vaccine hesitant, uh, and, you know, probably a good percentage of that, uh, people have already been exposed to the virus, uh, you know, the, the uh, expectations for a complete return of normal economic activity is extremely high for this summer. Uh, the scientists are possibly identifying, you know, end of May, um, the U.S. will reach herd immunity. And uh, there's just so much uh, pent-up demand that you're, you're going to see Americans uh, spend. They need to get new wardrobes for going back to work. They need to have uh, family trips, visit relatives and friends. So I think there's so much potential momentum here for the economy over these next couple quarters. And uh, I think uh, a lot of that has been priced in the stock market. And uh, I think you're, you're going to probably start to see uh, investors f focus abroad. And I think uh, one of the, the key areas that I see, uh, you know, um, um, you know, the best valuations going is, is going to be slightly towards Europe. Uh, as as uh, we were talking offline, uh, you know, the euro air economy, uh, so, you know, slipping to that double dip recession, I think it really kind of uh, um, provides like that that belief that this this uh, you know this this virus has really impacted the world and and uh, Europe right now finally has um, um, COVID vaccinations heading in the right direction. I think there's this um, um, optimistic view that you know we're we're starting to see that you know across most Western European countries. Uh, you know, cases are declining. I think that uh, you're, 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 you're having certain areas like Italy, uh, they've begun uh, to reopen 
outdoor hospitality and, and, and France is expected to, to, to follow them. So I, I think there's so much momentum that you're probably going to still see from uh, Europe as they're in the earlier stages of their economic recovery that uh, you're probably going to have a lot of investors become a little bit more bullish there. And, and that's probably why you've seen the euro, um, you know, uh, for the most part has, has you know, finally kind of got its groove back. Um, and uh, I think you're going to see that there's uh, just uh, this um, still firm belief um, for, for many traders that, uh, you know, the, the Fed will be the last major central bank to taper, to raise rates, and for that normalization of policy, which really kind of opens the door for, I think, uh, you know, the the other advanced economy currencies to, to shine. So there's there's this big belief that you're going to have a much weaker dollar second half of the year, and uh, you'll probably start to see uh, more investors try to price that in earlier. And it's been a very busy week where you are, hasn't it, Ed? Because we had Joe Biden marking the first 100 days of his presidency with sweeping investment plans for jobs, education, social care, in what was his first speech to a joint session of Congress. And he's pitched something like $4 trillion in spending. That is the largest overhaul of US benefits since the 1960s. But his plans, of course, face a battle in Congress before they can become law. I mean, even some Democrats aren't that fond of this kind of spending, are they? No, and, and I think, you know, the... You know, his his first 100 days in the joint speech to Congress is is met with lots of uh, scrutiny. And uh, I, th I think the, uh, the the key, you know, uh, person to, to follow is uh, the conservative Democratic from West Virginia, um, Joe Manchin. And, and, and he is not on board with a lot of this. So I think that uh, we have to remember this is the initial offer. We are going to see months, uh, probably a few months of negotiations um, you know, on Biden's economic plan to redistribute trillions and you know expand government. So you're you're going to see, uh, I think, a lot of back and forth with with uh, with Congress on this one. Um, but I think you can, you know, for the most part, count that we're going to have um, um, you know some sweeping changes. I think you know tax taxes are going up, and uh, that that is one. One thing that you're 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 going to probably see that corporate tax rate go to 25 percent, um, and uh, I think that you're 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 still going to uh, um, see increases at the top marginal income tax rate, uh, and and there's there's um, this this uh, I think more there's this willingness to accept it right now, and and the timing is ideal. Uh, you know the economy is entering its best moments uh, on record. And it seems that this recovery, um, you know, during these negotiations, you, we're going to be seeing some, you know, uh, jaw-dropping, um, um, you know, hiring numbers, uh, um, um, U.S. consumer strength. And, and, and I think you're going to see that you're going to be able to pass this. Uh, and uh, the... the uh, market is probably going to become a little bit more pessimistic on 2022 when you start to have the effects of these tax increases when you start to have uh the base effects of all the good economic data we've, we're getting this year so i think you're going to see uh earnings valuations are going to be a lot more difficult for 2022 
and uh, I think you know you you also have the Fed taper. So I think there's a there's a lot of risks growing for 2022, and uh, it seems that uh, there's a there's a this firm belief though that you know Biden will be able to to pass through his American Jobs Plan, his family plan, and uh, that you're you're going to see you know, the, the right is going to, you know, obviously be, uh, somewhat critical over just, uh, some of these, uh, um, programs that are focused on childcare and education. But, uh, but I think there is enough support to, to get this passed. So there, uh, the, there are a lot of people that are anticipating that this won't pass, but I think, I think it still will through that budget reconciliation process. And, uh, that that would um, really cement uh, quite the first year for for President Biden. So I think he's he's getting a lot done, and uh, I think once that American Family Plan is passed, then it's going to be um, uh, just the focus on the midterm elections, and uh, that will be very interesting to see if the Democrats can hold on. So we're we're. We're uh, almost, I know it's only, we're uh, just over 100 days into his, uh, his uh, term, but uh, this is uh, the, the amount of capital he has to work with right now. It's, it's starting to, to, to run out. So he, he, this is probably going to be his last big thing. Yeah, but certainly his first 100 days have been pretty radical, haven't they? And perhaps more so than many expected. For Biden winning the Senate, that was the game changer. That provided him, you know, the free reign to pretty much pass anything and, and get all these trillions of dollars pumped into the economy. Indeed. Right. Let's turn to earnings, Ed. And a surge in iPhone sales, especially in China, has led to a doubling of profits at Apple since the start of the pandemic. The results reflect optimism about the days ahead. That according to Apple's boss. And as we know, Facebook also reporting bumper revenues and profits. But how long is this going to last? We're expecting legislation. We're expecting problems with Apple's latest software release, which could undermine its prospects later in the year. Are these going to be the bygone halcyon days that people look back on eventually? What was just as impressive was Alphabet's results. And I think Alphabet has done an amazing job transitioning uh, to uh, becoming one of the favorite reopening trades. Uh, businesses, digital ad spend, that is skyrocketing. If you're a business and you're trying to uh, capitalize on this reopening momentum, you're spending. You're, 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 you're spending on advertising, and that's benefiting um, Google, um, and it's also driving Facebook uh, uh, demand. So, so I think you're, you're starting to see that... Uh, a lot of people were, you know, skeptical on these companies because they thought, well, once everyone kind of uh, returns to normal, you're you're not going to have as as much demand. But it turns out, no, uh, these are becoming um, some of the favorite reopening trades right now. And what did you make of Facebook's numbers? Facebook was pretty solid. I, I think that for me, uh, if I had to rate the Fang stocks, uh, I'm probably um, a little bit more pessimistic on Netflix. Uh, Facebook uh, is probably my second <laughs> least favorite. I think that the the competition is growing and the millennial interest is not really there. I think that um, the the uh, the risks um, you know there has not been an answer to TikTok, um, and uh, I, I think that you're you're probably going to see that. Um, um, I think in, in investors, when it comes to to Fang stocks. Uh, 
they're 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 probably going to stick to uh, Apple, Amazon, and Google. And Amazon, they crushed it. They also reported blowout results. Big tech trade on on Wall Street is not going away anytime soon, and and that's very positive uh, for uh, uh, the S and P five hundred, given the weighting. I think about eighteen uh, percent. So th- there's just so much more. Um, um, continued uh, support there. Uh, but I think when you take a look, look at the astronomical rise these stocks have had, uh, you know, you, you, we've seen, you know, Apple give back a lot of those gains. And uh, I think you're going to probably see that these stocks have run up way too much and uh, we're probably in a period for consolidation. Okay. Busy old week. What about next week, Ed? What are you expecting? What are the highlights of the next seven days or so? Well, I think uh, the main event, uh, we got, you know, the aftermath of the Fed. We have lots of other central banks for um, having their policy decisions. Uh, for, for me, uh, the Bank of England is probably the event I am most uh, excited to, to follow and, and, and cover. I, I think that what we're probably going to see is that uh, there is a chance uh, um, we could start to have that taper discussion happen or possibly uh, queued up for June. There is a uh, tremendous success for the Johnson administration um, with the vaccine uh, rollout. And I think that lifting the pandemic restrictions has been met with, uh, I think, uh, a tremendous consumer pent-up demand. Uh, I think uh, when you take a look at uh, some of the, you know, latest data from uh, uh, CHAPS, you know, uh, we, we, we saw that's the clearinghouse of automated payment systems that, you know, the UK credit card spending rose 110% um, from a, a year ago average. Uh, so, so there's there's just a, a, a tremendous upgrade of growth forecasts happening for the UK economy. So the, the tapering is completely justified. Uh, so I think um, you'll, you'll, you'll start to see uh, investors will look to see, you know, will, will the BOE be the next major central bank to, to taper? And as we, we start to see more and more um, of these uh, central banks taper, I think that is really going to, um, um, I think, continue to draw um, on, uh, on uh, um, or drive the, the weaker dollar trade. Um, you know, the, the first thing that happens is you, you, you know, taper, you reduce your asset purchases, then you, then you go about um, raising interest rates. So I think uh, everyone is going to uh, want to follow the, uh, the, the Bank of England rate decision. It's that's, that to me is the main, the, the main event. And then um, in addition to, to that one, we, we also will uh, see a, re- a decision from the Bank of England, uh, not Bank of England, uh, the RBA, the Reserve Bank of Australia. Uh, and uh, what was, I think for them, they're, they're going to keep rates on hold, but they might shift their three-year bond target. Um, you're, you're, you're probably going to start to see a lot more uh, optimistic views from these banks. And uh, I think that is going to be the uh, primary uh, focus for next week. Um, we, we also have a, another um, uh, employment report from the U.S. The non-farm payroll report. Uh, it's uh, it's been these these consensus estimates have been um, creeping higher. Um, the uh, uh, market is now anticipating, I, I believe, uh, nine hundred fifty thousand uh, jobs created in April, which would be uh, a slight improvement from the nine hundred sixteen thousand in the prior month. Uh, you know the. 
the market will, will will not really move unless we we see a reading i think well above 1 million um a lot of this has been priced in uh and and there's still over three and a half million jobs that need to come back before i think you know the the, the fed will be forced to um acknowledge the the progress in the labor market so um very very important reading um, and also we have the flash pmis uh, for uh, Europe and the U.S., those are always important ones to to pay attention to. And uh, lastly, uh, we we um, we also have a, a very important parliamentary uh, election in Scotland. Now, if we do have a big win with the pro-independence uh, Scottish National Party, uh, I dare not talk about independence referendums without my. Uh, my counterpart, Craig Earlham, but he's on paternity leave. And, uh, uh, but, uh, that is something that you know, we could start to see that, that type of discussion, uh, start to, 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 to return. So, um, that will be an important development to, to, to follow. It'll obviously take months and months of time, but, um, that will be a, a big result to, to, to track. And there's a ton of fed speak. I think you're going to hear from various members. Uh, if we have more people join Kaplan's camp, um, of tapering um, could 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 um, impact uh, treasury yields a little bit more, but uh, yeah, it's a it'll be a very active week. Not as busy as this week, but still just as important. Okay, great to hear from you. Have a very good weekend, and we'll speak to you same time next week. Wonderful, thank you. Have a good weekend. The Oanda Podcast.